podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, Ben Aiton and James from the Watford Way. Usually, I like to ease the guests in that we have on, but for the first time ever, if you're listening to this as an audio podcast, the visual is going out on YouTube. So you get to see our wonderful faces, uh, my slightly hungover face as well. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, I'll tell you what, let's mix it up. I usually start with Ben, but... James, let's mix it up. How's your week been? And uh, yeah, how how are you, buddy? You good? Yeah, I'm a very, very happy man, Mike. Obviously, um, my week's been absolutely fantastic. Watford, back in the Premier League. I'm still kind of on that high um, after that Millwall game. So yeah, really, really happy. I've, I've had a really nice week, actually, as well. The weather's warmed up a little bit, too. So yeah, really, 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 really nice week. What about you, mate? Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been it's been a long week. Um I've I've not been feeling great to be honest. I developed a little bit of a sore throat, and I was hoping that it wasn't the old coronavirus. But uh, it, it is. A, I haven't got any of them symptoms, luckily. But um, yeah, I, uh, I had a few drinks as, as per on, on Saturday, uh, <laughs> Saturday evening, uh, and then I had the delight of having to play football today. Uh, now I know Ben. I know you actually. Someone tweeted us. Was it? I think James Hurst tweeted us. Yeah. Um, saying I'm sure. He did all right. For those that want to know, we lost 3-1. However, I only played the first half and it was 1-1 at half time. Um, I don't know what I've done. I must have slept funny, but my back, my upper back was in absolute bits. So I could only play a half today. Um, and I, obviously I was struggling from last night as well, feeling a bit rough. And uh, I drew the short straw. We didn't have a ref, so I had to ref the second half. So... <laughs> Yeah, I've not refereed for seven years, so that was quite uh, quite entertaining. But yeah, um, all good from my side. I've got a week off work now, so absolutely buzzing. Uh, can't wait to do absolutely sod all. Uh, although we are in doing a, a podcast on Thursday, which I'm sure me and Ben will talk about later this week. Uh, talking to Ben, last but not least, how, how you, how's your week been, Ben? You been good, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. No complaints. Enjoying life. Um, just spending time with a family. Uh, went around the mother-in-law's house today and just had a massive roast dinner. It feels like Christmas every time I go around there. The pile, is, the plate is just piled to the ceiling. And I, I, I would stand up and show you my belly, mate, but I, I think I might break the laptop. Um, so we'll leave that for another day. But yeah, no complaints for me, mate. Um, like James said, the weather's slightly getting a bit better now. Um, restrictions are easing even more. I think there's another announcement tomorrow where Boris Johnson has even said that we might be able to hug people from um, May the 17th. So, yeah, Duffy, I'm coming for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. They, it's, it, they are wonderful times. Like, it's mad to think not long ago, uh, football weren't great, to be honest. You know, we were still in lockdown and it, it can really bog you down. Fast forward a few months, weeks, whatever. 
Watford are back in the Premier League. Restrictions are lifted. As you said, there's an announcement due tomorrow on Monday the 10th. Uh, obviously, the 17th, which is the week after, uh, you can sit indoors at restaurants, rule of six, and I'm sure there's there's other restrictions that are lifted as well. And then there's not long now till June the 21st when they hope all restrictions are going to be completely gotten rid of. So, yeah, there's some really, really good, good times. I must say as well, before I forget, um, you guys probably saw it on social media, but I uh, <laughs> I, I got a, a very, very nice uh, package in the post from Ben, uh, who's asked me to be one of his groomsmen as well. So that that really made uh, made my week last week. So uh, I, I celebrated in style with that glass that you got me, Ben. So, uh, yeah, your, your, your story made me laugh on uh, Instagram. There was only way you was going to celebrate um, that um, by having a pint that night in, in the personalised mu- uh, glass that he got you. I think it was a massive tanker, wasn't it? Quite a heavy one as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was heavy, yeah. Like I, said, I said to you personally as well, I, I couldn't imagine a wedding day without you and me and my missus want you to be involved in pretty much I speak to you every single day I speak to you more times than her half the time so you, you kind of had to get an invite to be a groomsman so yeah no I'm looking forward to it not long now though uh, we were actually due to get married uh, next month but because of COVID and that we've had to put it back a year which is which is annoying but it's given us more time to save and pay for it so no complaints from me on that side as well no definitely not definitely not and you know I'm, I'm sure of us that are uh, probably had weddings planned I'm sure they're grateful as well uh, for for, yeah. uh, for that but yeah no it's uh, it's, it's wicked but I can't can't wait for it uh, next year so yeah buzzing for that um also buzzing to talk about a Watford win now me and Ben had to sort of drag ourselves onto a podcast the other week to talk about the Brentford game with uh, Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages unfortunately we couldn't speak about a victory but it wasn't really that much it didn't bother me that much I know that sounds terrible because it's Watford and we always want to win in that but um, going into this one I think Ben, me and you sort of, we, we do the uh, predictions for the team on uh, the Fan Hub app. And I think we sort of said we were expecting changes. I wasn't quite expecting the changes that he did make, though. There were six in total, and I'll just run through them. So Foster for Backman, Navarro, Lazar, um, Sanchez, Zinconago and Succession. And then it was CRL to Messina, Cleverly Hughes and Humbo out. So that means that the team was Foster, Navarro, Cabaselli, Cathcart, Lazar. Sanchez, Gosling, Zinconagel, success, great, and Semo. Now, <laughs> I'm all for ringing the changes, but did that even surprise you for a last game of the season, Ben? Well, I must say we both got it terribly wrong <laughs> on our prediction on the fan. <laughs> I'm not sure how many I actually got right that week, but yeah, it was. I, I know it's the end of a season, now, and I don't mind making changes, um, but I would have liked maybe seeing a few younger players being involved and getting the opportunity. Opportunity. Like we saw Humbo getting a start at Brentford, we saw Pochettino coming off the bench as well. So I would have liked maybe uh, Kucho, uh, the, the yeah. young striker with the Dutch striker we've got, who's banging in the goals for the under twenty three. I, I know we've got Troy Deeney coming back as well, but it would be nice for him to at least get a bench appearance and just be involved with the first team. I would have wanted to see that. But um, and, and what does Ben Wilmot have to do to get a start in this? I think as well? there's something um, more to it with that. There's got to be. They really yeah, have. I just, I just don't really get it. But yeah, um, there was yeah just loads of changes and wasn't expecting the changes that were made to be the ones that were made. I wanted to see younger players. Would you would you expect in uh, Foster to get a game considering next season now? 
I would imagine that Backman's he's he's cemented his place as number one. Uh, I would yeah. imagine that maybe they will even change his shirt number to number one next season as well. But would you expect him Foster to get a, a game because it was last game of the season, nothing to play for, or, or did you think Backman was going to stick in? Um, yeah, I was wasn't expecting him to get a game at all. No, um, I was fully expecting Batman to carry on playing in goal. Um, or if we had a younger keeper to give him the experience, or maybe I would have wanted him to come back in. But um, yeah, I was a bit surprised at Ben Foster. It's not like it was it was his last game. His contract was up. He's still got another year at the club, hasn't he? Um, yeah, and. In my mind, I was still thinking of that defensive record, which I mentioned last week, but we, we needed to um, try and get an equal and get in the record books. Um, so I, I didn't really want too much changes at the bat, but Cisco did what he wanted and it's fair play, it, it, it paid off for him. Yeah, I don't know how. James, was you expecting to see more youngsters in that squad yesterday for Watford? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I think for me, the main issue with all the positives that are coming this season, there's, there's been so, so many positives. You know, Zisco coming in, he's, he's done a great, great job. But I think for me, um, the one sticking point is is Ben Wilmot and, and, and the way he's been used, especially under Zisco, because actually if you go back to Vladimir Rivic, he was being used quite frequently because of the formation that Ivic played in, in that back five. And, and Zisco's come in. Um, you know, he played a little bit at the start, but but really, since since that Sirielta and Truce, the comp partnership was formed, um, you know, fair play to them that they're fantastic defenders. So it is difficult for them to get in there. But but you 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 would think that these last two games with nothing to play for, he, he should have been given um, he should have been given two starts. And and yeah, there is um, obviously an issue there. And actually, I don't know if you I don't know if both of you picked up on it, but actually on Ben Wilmot's Twitter account, um, he's, he's been liking tw- yeah he's been liking tweets from supporters, um, kind of like about how how he's not been used. So it's, it's very very interesting to see. Um, so yeah, there's definitely um, definitely a bigger issue there. I think I, yeah, I well, saw him reply to a, a fan last week or the week before saying they asked him why is he not getting in team and he was like I, I don't know I'm just going into training and working hard and it's up to the manager if he wants to play me or not and it's like you don't normally see players respond like that but I think he's trying to make the fans know that he is committed to this team and he, he's doing everything he can it's just it's out of his hands and hopefully his opportunity comes sooner rather than later yeah I, I completely agree with that it, it, it is good to see that he is being like that because a lot of players would just turn around and say I don't know like I'm training, don't know why I'm not getting in. And it could seem a bit of a rift. I mean, you know, Wilmot's not the only one that can't get a look in. Obviously, Parizza as well. Um, he he struggled, but we know he's had injuries, so that's probably played a part. But still, a, a bit of a similar case. So, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing not to see Wilmo start. Uh, great to see Cabaselli start, though. Um, you know, and uh, alongside Craig Kapkart. Yeah, back-to-back games. Um, alongside Craig Kapkart, who's been absolutely superb. I think... I think it was the Brentford game was his 100th appearance for the club. I think mm. uh, the... the 200? 200. I was going to say 100 sounds a little yeah. bit... Too, <laughs> yeah. He's been in donkeys years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's had loan spells as well. So he's yeah. 200, if he's what I meant. Thanks for uh, pointing that out, Ben. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Craig Kafka on that. He's, he's been... He's just just quickly on Craig Kafka, Ben. Like, he's he's been a big part player player this season but when he's come in he's been absolutely superb hasn't he you can't you can't fault him when when people start writing him off like fans writing him off look he's not first choice is he 
but he's he's ready for whenever he's called upon and he's just been outstanding and he, he's the, that level-headed guy like you never see Craig Cathcart doing anything rash in defence do you he's very calm and collective and you can always rely on him and it, it, I think he's quite similar to what we've had with Adrian Mariapa like when he's not first choice but when he comes into a side he gives his absolute all for the cause if he plays he, he can you put him to right back he'll do the job he's not going to complain he'll get on with it and then he gets put back into the centre and it, it He's fantastic and you can't fault him. And you've got to think, like, he's had over 200 appearances for Watford, but think of how many appearances he's had for Northern Ireland as well. That just shows yeah. the quality of him as well. Because He gets in that squad as well. Yeah. yeah, he gets in that Northern Ireland squad as well. Sorry to cut you up there, Ben. Um, even when he's not playing. So yeah. the, the, the vast experience that he's got there is he's absolutely superb. And, yeah, I, I'd like to see him. I, I don't know. I probably should have looked this up before the show. James, you're usually good with this sort of stuff. Uh, how long he's got on his contract? Is he out of contract in the summer? Do we you know, know what? Should I, should I do a quick Google search to see how long he's got left while I'm on my computer? Because I do think it's good that we've got players like Craig Kafka at the club. Um, you know, Troy Deeney, it, you know, goes into that mould as well, where, where they were here the last time he got promoted. Yeah. And I think too many of them players can sometimes be an issue, but, but having a couple of them in the squad um, is definitely a positive. Um, I'm just getting getting the information up now. I Mike think as Craig well, just up. whilst you're doing that, I think as well, suddenly that not one or two players say, every player says about Craig Cathcart, he's, he's a joker behind the scenes. Yeah. doesn't do any interviews. Does, you won't see him on Sky. You won't see him on Hive Live. I've not got a problem with that. Some some players just don't like doing it. But he's a quality dancer as well. Did you see that? Oh, that's, in, what for oh, YouTube, that's yeah. But that's the sort of thing I mean. Like they, all the players say, oh, he's a joker. He's he's one of the funniest guys. Got a dry sense of humour. The Irish tend to do anyway. But um, you like that clip alone. You sort of saw what what sort of character he is and what that would bring to the dressing room and his experience you got the answer for me there Joe? yeah i've got i've got the answer for you Go he's on, actually mate. contracted until june 2023 so he's got two years oh. left in his contract oh, happy Quite days contract still, yeah, yeah. that is a long contract yeah i'll take that though listen if he can be a bit part player next season i'm not expecting him to start every game he's got yeah. experience in the league hasn't he so he's, he's done it before um we, we, we got a little bit off topic as we usually do on Voices in a Week. Um, but um, Swansea, I think, I've obviously not been watching Swansea all season, but from the looks of it, they named a full strength side. I mean, Andre Ayo was playing, Jamal Lowe was playing, uh, Fred, like, not not that they changed their goalkeeper because I think he's won Golden Glove or whatever they call it. But um, they, they pretty much had a full strength side out. So. I'll be honest, when I put that tweet out, asking for score predictions as we do, some of the responses we got were like, 3-0 Swansea, 6-0 Swansea. If Swansea don't beat us here, they sleep wrong. And I, to be honest, I'll hold my hands up. I thought, OK, this could be quite a, a tough watch. It really could. Um, but it was four minutes before we had our first chance and it, it was come down that same left-hand side. Ken Semmer, by the way, the energy, how he finds all this energy to play the amount of games, he's Cisco rotate the whole bloody squad. He made six changes, and poor Ken Semmer still had to play. So uh, I did feel a bit sorry for him. But yeah, four minutes on the clock, usual Ken Semmer rule, puts it in the box, and Zinkanago puts it just wide. Am I being a bit harsh, James? Do you think Zinkanago should have put that one on target? Uh, I thought I thought the ball came at him quite quickly. Um, you know. 
looking at it in hindsight, it, it, it doesn't actually matter, um, you know, the, the result of the game. Should he have done better? Probably. But also, I think in the case of Philip Zinknagel, he's in recent weeks, he's not actually been playing that much football. So I think in terms of match sharpness, that might also be an issue there for him. Um, but no, I think I think he did, did as well as he could. On, on another day, it might have gone in. But, but no, I think he did. I think he did quite well with the opportunity. And, and Ben, I mentioned there, obviously, Swansea, you expect them to name a strong side. Go, they, they want to gain as much momentum as they can going into the playoffs. I think they've got Barnsley in the playoffs now, it's been confirmed. Um, and I think they're next week. I can't wait to watch them as a neutral, by the way, and not have to stress about our team being in there. Um, but you, we expected them to come to us with that weaker side and cause havoc. Seven minutes on the clock, Andrew, I had a chance. Foster saved brilliantly. But after that, Ben... I thought we kept them at bay with that six change sides that we that we put out against a, a full Swansea side. Just want to say quickly, anyone else concerned about the fire and streamers at the start? I thought Victor Drive. Oh yeah, yeah. I, was so <laughs> I, was yeah. So I thought they're not going to get this off the pitch. <laughs> I thought if that paper goes into the fire, that's that's it. That's Victor Drive gone, and then yeah. that's problem solved for part of it. We could move <laughs> the question, but um, yeah. maybe that was a plan deep down or something. Um, but yeah, seven minutes in, I I used spun uh, Cathcart really easily. I think Cathcart was possibly a bit too close to him, and he, he just got away from really quickly. And the shot was straight at Foster. I think it came off his chest. Yeah. It went behind for a corner. But yeah, I was expecting more from Swansea. I was a little disappointed considering Watford put out. Would you say Watford's B side? We weren't fully strength. We, we had our best player pretty much out, Ismail Assar, who causes havoc for all the left backs in the um, championship. And we didn't really have much of a threat going forward. And or at the back. Swansea, yeah, and Swansea just. I felt watching them, I felt like they were on the beach. And I said that I felt Watford were on the beach last week um, against Brentford because it was done and dusted. I felt like Swansea was like, we've got a playoff position. What, was, what I didn't get was why risk playing IU? IU was heavily strapped up. His thigh or hamstring was heavily taped up. He went down about five minutes after a chance as well. And it's like, why risk him in a nothing game when you got the playoffs coming up? But to be fair, I can't stand IU either. So you can get <laughs> an injury. Um, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, if they play like that in in the playoffs, then you know they're not going up. They, they won't go up. You know, you, you look at Barnsley, and one thing I've been impressed with with Barnsley this season, I think their goal, their first goal against Norwich at the weekend. I, I didn't watch the game. I I, uh, I watched the Soccer Saturday, uh, and they show the goals and everything. And the Barnsley first goal for them was typical Barnsley all season. High press. Norwich lost the ball, and then they went and scored. Barnsley are known for that high press since their new guys come in. They play like that against Swansea. They're going to rip the shreds. They really, really are. And as you said, Ben, I expected Swansea to come to Vicarage Road, think, right, Watford are on the beach. They've made six challenges. There's, it's a weakened side. We've got to go and bring the game to them. Uh, and for whatever reason, I'll take it. But that didn't happen. Uh, I mean, they... Are you had that chance, obviously, that like I've just mentioned there, James. 20 minutes on the clock and Grimes had a chance at the edge of the box and Foster produced a, a routine save, I think you'd call it. But were you also surprised that Swansea perhaps didn't sort of go all guns blazing considering the amount of changes that we made? 
Yeah, I think I think for Swansea, I think you know, if I if I was them, if I was in their position, which we nearly could have been, you know, the points total, you know, between us, it is, isn't that great. So so we could have easily been in their position. But I think for them, um, you know, I would have been wanting to go into the playoffs, you know, with, with a lot of morale and you know, it, with, with a win. And you know, I was surprised by by the way they by the way they performed actually. And, and you know, if I was Swansea going into the playoffs, I, I'd be quite concerned that that you know maybe that they won't get through that that first semi-final so yeah I was really really shocked and actually really really um delighted with, with the way we performed considering considering the number of changes we made and I, I don't know if we can judge it off one game but do you think maybe the the, the way that we played with a second string side maybe illustrates the squad depth that we've got at the moment, James? Or do you think it was a case of we played our second string side, we've played one game and we've won, let's not get ahead of ourselves? Or, or do you think it is squad depth? Uh, well, we say Tough squad depth, George, but, but, yeah, we say squad depth, but a lot of the players you play today have been heavily criticised by all of us. You know, the likes of Lazar, <laughs> yeah. Gray, Semmer. Um, I don't know what you're on about, James. Um, <laughs> not on this so, podcast. Yeah, you, you, you could say it's squad depth. Um, I would just say that these are probably players who wanted to, to prove that they deserve to stay in the squad going into the Premier League. Um, because, you know, throughout this season, if these players had been performing how they should have been, um, they wouldn't have been rotated in, into this B-side, if you will. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a positive they performed so well. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say we've got a, a, um, a squad full of loads of fantastic players. I, I would just say these are, these are players who, some of them coming towards the end of their contracts, like Lazar, who maybe had something to prove to, to, to the owners to, to earn a new deal. Well, I what just want to... Like yesterday was, it looked like these players who was thrown in, it was like they was playing for a contract or they was playing for a move elsewhere and they kind of had to put themselves in the shop window because, my God, Lazar was totally different. He was 10 times better, 100 times better than what he was at Luton. He was dreadful at Luton. And yesterday, he was outstanding. I think he was man of a match yesterday. I'll say mm. that. He was outstanding. He was getting stuck in. He looked comfortable on the ball. And I've not seen that this season from Lazar. I just feel like he's he's a bit ex- too excited when he's on the ball. I've, I've described him being like a bit of a puppy and release him into mm. a park before, haven't I? Um, but yeah, he was absolutely solid yesterday. He even had an opportunity where he could have scored later in the second half. And I felt like if, if we saw that in all the other performances, I would have wanted him to stay at the end of the season. Well, uh, you, you answered the telepathic mind reading is on point tonight, Ben, because I was literally going to say off the back of James's point where were certain players playing for new contracts. From what I understand, and I think the Athletic have already picked up on this, is Lazar has already been told that he's not going to be have, have, uh, have his contract extended. So it could have been very easy for Lazar to go out there and put in a half-assed performance. I'm leaving. It's been all right. I've had a, made a handful of appearances. It's not that big of a deal, but he did the complete opposite, of you, as you've said. And, you know, could he have got a goal for his superb performance? Yeah, probably. But, you know, you're up against a keeper just like Freddie Woodman, who's, you know, he's got the most clean sheets in the division for a, for a reason. So uh, on another day, that would have gone in and it would have been a spectacular goal. And, you know, um, <laughs> it makes you laugh because I remember speaking to a Brentford podcast about Andre Gray saying, you give him X amount of chances, but he'll only score so many. And it reminds 
Lazar loves a long range shot. So bound, one of them was bound to go in. And unfortunately, that was the closest he got yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, um, but I completely agree with, with that Lazar uh, comment. And I think a lot of other people have now. Um, we did actually go into the break nil nil at half time. Surprised a lot of us. I'll be honest, it surprised me, yeah, you know, considering the, the starting 11 that we put out. Uh, and I'll just run, run you through the stats. It was 49% possession, um, 49.2% possession, sorry, for Watford. 50.8 for Swansea, eight shots, two on target for Swansea, six shots for Watford, zero on target, four corners to Swansea, one to Watford. And then the passes was quite close, 229 for Swansea and 226 for Watford. Now, James, I, I, I never for one minute would ever want us to think, right, let's go for a draw here. But was, what was your mindset going into that second half, considering, I know I keep going over the point, but considering the, the, the difference in strength for the two teams, was you thinking, OK, maybe we can just hold them to a point here, nil-nil, as Ben said at the start of the podcast, really defend that defensive record, which you managed to to equal? Or, or did you think, sod it, man, why not? Let's, let's try and go for it. I was thinking, sod it, let's go <laughs> for it. Like, like, you know, I was going into the game, you know, I was probably... I mean, I've said this for so many fixtures this season, but I was probably the most relaxed watching that game than I have for any of the other fixtures this season, even even that Brentford game. So look, I wasn't I wasn't too fussed of the result at all. Obviously, I, I would love the Watford win. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to see players get a run out, see, see what they could offer us. Ideally, I wanted Ben Wilmot to get to get some more minutes than he did. Um, but, yeah, I wanted us to go for it. And you know, ultimately, we, we did get the win through through two quite unlikely scores, I'd say. So, yeah, I was, um, yeah, yeah, kind of, I, I, was, I was really looking forward to the second half. And, you know, the last 45 minutes of, of Watford's football until August. So, I was kind of a bit devastated as well that that would not be, we wouldn't be watching Watford until, you know, until the new Premier League season. Yeah, and I think that was a message throughout the stadium. Trust, sod it, let's go for it. And tell you what, what a week it's been for the uh, Andre Gray household. Firstly, I just want to say massive congratulations to him and Leanne from Little Mix for uh, and the announcement that uh, Leanne is pregnant. And there's been another one in the squad as well um, with Tom Cleverly. I believe his missus is expecting twins, I believe it is. Um, so I think uh, me and, I did a little bit of maths on that one. <laughs> I, I was umming and ahhing whether to try and uh, whether to tell this story on the podcast. But I was when I was telling Ben at, uh, in the week at work, and I was like, I've traced it back, and it's um, Valentine's weekend. And he goes, No, no, it's nine months. So nine months from when it was announced, nine months before was Christmas Day. So yeah, uh, it looks like it was a good Christmas in the Cleverly household. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> what yeah, else go- did you say about it, though, Mike? <laughs> well, we won't go into that. <laughs> we, you was a, what was it? It was something along the lines of well, all season we've hyped about um, Cleverly's work rate, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> <having kids>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Sonny along the similar lines, man. He, uh, yeah, he, he puts a shift in on and off the pitch, it would seem. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it, it's uh, good news for obviously uh, Gray and Cleverly there. But Gray got his fifth goal of the season. Uh, I think it was the, the ball coming from uh, from Semmer, I think it was. It was uh, no, it was Messina, wasn't it? Was it Messina? Uh, Semmer. Semmer. Messina started the, 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 um, the run. No, the, he didn't. No, he didn't. Are you no, sure? No, okay. Yeah. 
It, it was a long ball up the top, and Andre Gray he, he went to help, help hold the ball up, and he backheeled it into a pass for um, Goslin. Yeah. And Goslin he found Ken Semmer and Acre of space down that left hand side. He got out his feet, and what a magnificent ball across the box! Defenders couldn't get on to the end of it, and there was Andre Gray sprinting from where he backheeled it. He didn't stop sprinting, got into Bust the box the to get in there, didn't he? Absolutely busted a gut and beat the defender, and there he was in the right place at the right time to head it home, and it was it was perfect. Perfect um, icing on the cake for him, really, to announce that he's having his first child during the week and then to score that. I must say, though, remember four weeks ago, or looting away, we did the podcast and Grace scored that disallowed goal in the last minute and we was having a discussion. You said Pedro would get to 10 goals and I said, I bet you this, Andre Gray will score again until um, from now to the end of the season. He delivered yesterday, so I should put a bet on that. You should have done. Someone talking of putting a bet on, I, I should have saved the tweet so I could shout them out. But um, there was a tweet that I saw uh, just before we started recording tonight. And somebody put 50p on Isaac's success to score any time. I mean, they only won £2.50, but that is that is very good going. So if you're listening to this and it was you, fair play to you. And I'll, uh, I'll give you a shout out next time. Um, but yeah, um, it's listen, I don't like saying this because he scored a goal, he scored a fifth goal of the season, and you know, I, I'm not slagging him off here, but it wasn't a sort of clean strike, and it never really is with Andre, other than I think Birmingham and maybe his two against Wickham earlier in the season. But, um, mm. you have to be in the right time at the right place if you're a striker, and he, he, he has done that to be fair to him. I think, do you know, I think since that interview we did with was it Richard Walker? I think, um, He's he's definitely sort of progressed a little bit, and he's I'll probably get absolutely hammered for this, but he's reminding me a little bit of the Andre Gray that we used to see come off the bench in the season we got to the FA Cup final um, in eighteen nineteen season because he, he plays his part. He scored a few goals, you know. He he, he put the he put the sword through Birmingham City three 0 won us a game against Wickham at home, and look. You know, I, I, as I say, I was watching Soccer Saturday and I was watching with my mate. And it, be, when they said Watford have scored and he'd come up with Andre Gray, I says, I bet you any money now, he's either A, mishit it, he's not hit it cleanly, or it's hit off his backside and it's gone in. And I was close. Uh, but I'm delighted for him. Um, I, I'll hold my hands up and I'm sure Ben will do the same. I, for one minute, I'm not saying I've always rated him i've had harsh harsh words to say about him uh, in previous podcasts but um I, he's he's impressed me the last few weeks he really really has uh, i know there's still plenty of watford fans out there that aren't he's you know not fans of him whatsoever and listen you're entitled to your opinions and that but i i i must say i'm impressed is there anything you want to add on that ben is that something you agree with or see you nodding there yeah, no, it's, we, we spoke about him at length in the last couple of podcasts. Um, I've, I've said that since that interview with Richard Walker, I feel like there's a weight lifted off his shoulders and he's playing with a bit more freedom and we can, Watford fans can actually see him putting in a little bit more effort. Maybe he's given an extra 10% more and that extra 10% is actually shown in games now. His work rate off the ball and his positioning, you can't fault it. You can never fault it for Andre Gray. It's what he does with the ball um, is the issue and since um, that interview with Richard Walker, he has improved. I think he scored like four goals since then. And he, like you said, he won us a game against Wickham. Um, he scored yesterday to get the ball rolling for us. And 
I'm I'm delighted for him. Uh, yes, we both put our hands up and said that we we weren't his greatest of fans. Um, but you've credit where credit's due, and Andre Gray deserves credit at the moment. He's he's been really good, um, probably for the last ten weeks now. I'd say. Yeah, and I think you know when I talked about obviously me and Ben have sort of said in the past we don't ever say hoping a player never improves. We we don't, we wouldn't ever want that. We we say it because that's what is going on at the time and. Andre Gray, we always want people to prove us wrong. You know, I, I got a bit of stick from one of our listeners, John Parslow, saying that I should hang my head in shame because Ben put out the league table predictions that me and him did at the start of the season. Add us to finish fourth. I, says to, I said, John, I says, I'm more than happy to be proved wrong on these sort of things. So, shame goes for any time we criticise any players. Um, oh, so, yeah. I did it right, mate, didn't I? I, I got I'll the top two right and I got the three clubs to be relegated right as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I must say as well, and again, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but it just highlights the, the the season that Barnsley have had. We both had them just escaping relegation or just outside the relegation places. I no think one needs to know that, mate. No one needs to know. <laughs> I had Derby fifth, and they stayed up on the last day because Rotherham bloody drew. So, yeah, that, that, that goes... That's as far as my predicting goes uh, for the for next season. I won't be doing one for next season. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, so he obviously got the got got the ball rolling one nil. We was like, wow, okay, we beat this strong Swansea side one nil. Happy days. Let's see if we can build any. That James, for me, when we went one nil up, the only thing in my mind was let's keep a clean sheet. Is that what you were thinking as well? No, I wasn't. I, I, I know you guys are obsessed <laughs> James, with come this. On, man. I know you've got this like defensive, um, best defensive record um, in in the championship thing like stuck in your mind. But you know, I I to be honest, I wasn't really too bothered. You know, I think I think for the players, I think you know for the, for their personal records, I'm I'm sure they probably I'm sure they probably wanted that. But but for me, I just wanted more goals. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't too bothered at all. And yeah, we, we we went on to them to them two substitutions not too long after that, didn't we? Yeah, those substitutions that you're on about 65th minute. We had João Pedro coming on for. Um, Carlos Sanchez and then we had Will Hughes coming on for Zincanago and then 72 minutes on the clock the skip out was back Troy Deeney was on for Andre Gray um, although it was only 72 minutes he only got a little bit of a run out How, was it good to see him back Ben? Yeah he entered the field with a massive grin on his face I don't know if it was a joke between him and the fourth official or something but he looked happy to be back on the pitch um, it looked Troy's a Watford legend, so it's, it's always great to see him back on the pitch and that um, just 20 minutes to try and get into his legs and hopefully a full se- free, uh, pre-season uh, this season is it, going to help him. Um, and he, we might see him come back and play the best football again that we've seen from Troy Deeney before because I don't know if you've all seen about it with the WDA team um, interview that he had with the boys. Um, fantastic interview. Mm. Go check it out. Um not many fans knew this until he actually gave them the exclusive that Troy Deeney was really suffering with COVID and he was in hospital, wasn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. he was pissing, he was, he was pissing blood at one point he was saying, yeah. um, and his body was riddled. His kidneys was fucked as well. And, and he got a lot of stick last season and it just shows that fans don't really know everything that's going on beyond a, a closed doors and that. And, we, we need to probably... It's easier said than done, isn't it? Like, you see a bad performance, you're straight on their back. Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he delivering? He's been paid X amount. Why isn't he giving it all? But sometimes it, it goes a bit deeper than that, doesn't it? And we need to maybe take a step back sometimes and be like, 
why aren't we seeing the best of Troy Deeney? There must be a reason. He always gives his all for the club. Yes, he was giving his all for his club, but the performances weren't there. Why aren't the performances there? And that's probably why. It's because he was struggling really bad, but he he loves the club and he wanted to come back and try and keep us up in the Premier League. But it was unfortunate that it didn't work out like that last season. So, yeah, um, fair play, really brutally honest interview with Troy Deeney and that's what you expect that's from Troy Deeney that's what he that's what it says on a team with Troy Deeney isn't it so yeah, yeah good to see him back really happy yeah no completely agree you know brilliant interview that he did with the lads as, as Ben said go check it out but uh, you know he played against Crystal Palace that 1-0 defeat the week after the Liverpool game and he had Covid he didn't know uh, and I think the other thing that shocked me was he said that he's never he's not been he's not felt fully fit since I think it was the season that he scored 25 goals. So under yeah, like Sanino. Yeah. But he's been playing through injuries since that season. So to think that the next season after that, he got 20 goals. Then that first season in the Prem, it took him a while to get going, but I think he got 13 goals or 10 goals in the end. Um, yeah, 13. Yeah, yeah. And he got a crazy amount of assists as well. Um, so... You know, to think that he's been playing with those injuries ever since, and people people just look past it, which does my head in, to say the least. You know, I think a lot of people forget what he's done for this club. And listen, I, I genuinely could do a whole podcast on the topic, so I'll, I will stop myself there. Um, we 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 made a few more changes as well uh, towards the end of the game. Adam Messina come on for uh, for Ken Simmer. I bet Ken Simmer was delighted because he would have been absolutely shattered. And then James, we did see uh, Ben Wilmot come on, uh, albeit yeah. for only eight minutes, but uh, he come on for Dan Gosling. <laughs> Fair play to him, man. You, you see him at the end of the game and he's smiling and shaking hands with everyone. Like he, he, it is hard, and you know, hopefully it's just a blip and we see him more next season because. You know, talking to Troy Deeney, I always go back to that interview that he did when, funnily enough, we played Swansea in the League Cup last season and um, Wilmot was was there with the Swansea squad. And I think Troy Deeney said he reminded him of Rio Ferdinand and that you don't make those sort of comparisons if there's no truth behind it. So um, hopefully he does, he does get a, a bit of game time. But uh, eight minutes isn't really anything anything to, uh, to write home about. But... James, we obviously know that Andre Gray scored the first goal and you, you probably wouldn't have put any money of any sorts uh, on, on that happening, let's be brutally honest. But especially not the second one. I actually tweeted. I says, I know I've had a lot to drink here. I says, but have we really beaten Swansea, a strong Swansea side with our second string side and Andre Gray and I was a successor our goal scorers. And I tell you what as well, success, it wasn't a tap-in. He absolutely belted that. It was a brilliant goal, wasn't it, James? Oh my God, it was unbelievable. I was going mental. Um, you know, I was doing a watch yeah. on, on YouTube for the game and, and you know, we were, we were all watching it. And, and you know, we, we were so shocked at that, that, um, that Isaac success had this in his locker because I think his last goal was, was something like two and a half years ago, which is absolutely mental to think about. I think it might have been... Is it a header against Bournemouth? Oh, I th- I, that's I think, was it against Tottenham of... in the Carabao Cup? Yes. Um, oh. we, played, we played it at the NK Don Stadium, didn't we? Um, yeah, I think that that was his last goal. Obviously, um, scoring last game of the season, fantastic strike from from Isaac. And you know, is he going to be here next season? Probably. Um, you know, I know he's struggled a lot with injuries. Yeah, no, yeah I, 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 I think they'll keep him around, Mike. Definitely. Um, me personally, I wouldn't want him, but I think <laughs> you know, the club spent the club spent so much money on him—twelve and a half million pounds. Club record um, signing, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I, I think they still want. I think they still want that to work out. I mean, I'm not too sure how old he is either. I think he might be 25, 26, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know, credit to him, fantastic strike, great way to to end off the season as well. And you know, any striker would be proud of that. So, so credit to him. He's 25 years old, and they, they he scored two goals. Um, he scored two goals for the under 23s last season, but his last goal for the first team was 18-19 season, and then 16-17 season, which is his first season with us, he uh, he scored one goal as well. So, uh, so yeah, his record doesn't exactly scream amazing. And he scored a few off the pitch as well, didn't he, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell I'm you what, that bottle of Bailey's came out last night for him, didn't it? <laughs> and probably a cigar as well, man. That, the guy's just... Do you know what? He just seems like a right character. Like, probably a few prostitutes as well, probably. <laughs> not yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that would have been... But to be fair to him, it, it did look like, you know, after that little escapade that he had with the Sun newspaper and that, it did seem like he did knuckle down and, and really try and work hard to get back fit and everything. So, um, you He looks know, in that, good shape now as well, doesn't he? He looks really slim, he looks really toned as well. So, you know, credit to him. He's obviously been working hard. I know, I know I Zisco talked about him. Not that much. Um, you know, Zisco's talking about him in his post-match press conference as well. So, yeah, I think Isaac's success... Um, might might work out good for Watford. Maybe oh, yeah. who knows? Did you see that? Did you see that quite? Uh, I think it was uh, Ryan uh, Gray from Watford Observer um, reporter. He interviewed um, Cisco after the game. He asked him, "Does success do that in training?" He says, "Yeah, but he's got bigger goals." <laughs> yeah, I oh, saw wow. that. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cisco obviously sees something in him, and it's a bit like you know. Um, Andre Gray, you know, the, he, he kept playing him and kept playing him. And, you know, you, you talk about, can you try and play a player into form? And doesn't always work in that. But, you know, he got his goal yesterday, which which I'm sure he'll be delighted about. And who knows if, if he'll be here next season. But, you know, that, that got us the win. Uh, the full-time whistle blew. We were victors again at Vicarage Road. An incredible season at Vicarage Road. It's been, we'll go through the stats in a little bit. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the stats of the game, 48.1% possession for Watford, 519 for Swansea, 14 shots in total for Swansea, only two on target. They didn't really trouble us at all in the second half. Um, 10 shots for Watford, three on target, three corners for Watford, eight for Swansea, 447 passes for Watford and 471 for Swansea. So... Another win at home. Um, 30 goals conceded this season. That's the fewest in the club's history. And it equals the championship's record as well. Who I think it's Preston. Was it you that told me that the other week, Ben? So yeah, I think it was. I think I also saw that Reading actually did that as well in the season. That they got like over 100 points as well. 0506. They were incredible yeah. that season. I, uh, I went through and tried to have a look to see if we'd got the most home wins or no picked up the most points at home um like when when the last time that was and i think we've picked up the most home points since the 0910 season newcastle picked up 60 that season nottingham forest picked up 59 and then it went further back to 0102 with man city they picked up 60 and then Norwich picked up 59 as well uh, in 0304. So, you know, we, we're holding some good company up there. We really, really are. But um, it just tops up a brilliant season. I mean, some other stats here, Watford's most points won in the second tier. 
91 points. So that's the most we won there. Club record for home league wins in the season, 19. Um, as always, thanks to Ben for putting these together. And no club, and I, I hated how they tweeted this before the bloody game, no club in the Championship did the double over Watford this season, which is incredible. Um, and then yesterday as well, which is another mind-blowing stat and just goes to show off our defensive record, that meant that Backman and Foster had both kept double figures of clean sheets in the Championship this season. I, I, I will get round to it. I'm going to have a look if any season in the past few years, if any other team has had that done. But then again, it would require an injury sort of partway through the season for that to happen, to, to play the amount of games. But it's incredible, isn't it, Ben? Like the records that I've just spoke about there, it just goes to show the togetherness of the team and it's just been an amazing season. And I think what highlights it more as well, they haven't had fans in there, so it's been even harder for them. Yeah, it's been really tough for them as well. Um, it goes either way sometimes with fans as well, not having fans in a stadium. Like it's obviously worked in West Ham's advantage because they're normally on their backs and they've done brilliant this season in the Premier League. But Watford, they, they, they tend to rely on the fans, especially when we, we shoot second half towards the rookery, don't we? Um, that's where we roar behind the boys and get kind of suck that ball into the back of the net in front of a rookery. So yeah, really tough for them to be playing without fans. But um They've done really well this season. I must say, Cisco's had a lot of plaudits and deservedly right. But I think for us to keep have this defensive record, a lot of credit needs to go to Vladimir Ivic as well. Because um, yeah. he started at the start of the season. He probably set the tone for it. And those kind of foundations have probably just carried on staying. It's just Cisco's maybe given the licence to the attacking players to the freedom and like the license to get forward a bit more but they've still concentrated on having that defensive solidarity at the back mm. and it's been outstanding so yeah I think Ivic needs a lot of plaudits for that yeah no I completely completely agree and you know yes it didn't go well in his reign here but defensively sorted us out or oh, it sort of reminds me of when Sonino come into the club you know we were leaking goals after Zola sort of lost the plot Sonino come in patched up the defence wasn't quite the man for us going forward. Uh, that 13-14 season, I mean, I personally really enjoyed that season because that was the most time that I'd been to like away games and everything. But like, it was a mid-table finish. And then the next season, we obviously kicked on and, you know, Sonino's help with the defence definitely helped. So, yeah, um, just moving on to some transfer news. We've obviously talked about this in, in the last one, and James, I know you did a video on this subject, but um, we are led to believe by the Italian press that we're in advanced talks to sign Ashley Young as a free agent. Um, he'll leave into this summer and offered a contract to 2022 with an extension of another year. Um, James, I've, I'll hold my hands up here, buddy. I've not watched the video, so I don't know what you've said, but... Mm. I'm going to guess that you're not best pleased at this because the reaction's been a real mixed bag, I must say, which has quite surprised me. So my my issue isn't actually with Ashley Young himself because I think he's a fantastic player. He's very, very experienced, obviously, in England with Manchester United and obviously he's gone out to, to Italy now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so my issue's not actually with him. It's just the the age and kind of the the... 
the player we're looking to bring in at the moment and, and we're getting linked with, they, they seem to be, you know, coming towards the end of their careers. I saw we were linked with Fernando Lorente as well, who's, who's a 36-year-old striker currently in Italy as well. So so the kind of the calibre of player we're getting linked with in terms of age isn't kind of really what I want. I think if we bring Ashley Young in, um, you know, for a season, as you mentioned, the contract's for a season with the option to extend. I think, I think that would be a good deal for Watford because ultimately the aim next season is to finish 17th or above right so that's what we've got to aim yeah. for and and I think I think Ashley Young can help us with that right especially with with Ashraf Lazar um looking to leave as, as you mentioned earlier Mike so I'd, I'd be happy with it as long as we also bring in the, the right player in, in in the other positions we need to right so so yeah. yeah I'd be happy with it um only if we only if we recruit right in other positions as well I'm just going to caveat that a little bit I understand your point with, yes, a lot of people are like, why are we signing players towards the end of the career? But have we not seen in the past that those sort of players that we have brought in, Ben Watson, for example, uh, Matthew mm. Connolly, they, they weren't spring chickens themselves. Uh, look, this season, Dan Gosling, Carlos Sanchez, not youth on their side. And, you know, they, they won't thank me for saying that, but um, they've been pivotal this season. Uh, do, do you think that, Ben? Do you think that is maybe getting a bit of a harsh reaction because of Ashley Young's age, where actually we've seen, not just season this season, but in the past, bringing an experience head in actually helps the ranks, right? Yeah, well, the younger players rely on the experienced guys, don't they? They look to them and try and get experience from them and learn from them and that. And I think Ashley Young would bring a lot of experience. Like Troy Deeney said, he knows the club inside out and I think that's going to help him settle into the club straight away as well but yeah I think sometimes you need to mix it up with like the youth and the experience like James said I don't want us to bring in Fernando Lorente the 36 year old it's pretty much of a has-been now isn't he and playing in the Italian league which is slow as anything so yeah. and coming over to the fastest league in the, the, the world, world isn't it pretty yeah much yeah the, the Premier League so yeah I wouldn't want him to come in but I think Ashley Young he, there's still stuff about him I, I'm not sure I'd want him to be a week in week out starter um, and it'd be very harsh to bring him in and take Messina's spot when he's performed so well since he's came back from his injury in like December um, his first appearance was at Norwich wasn't it Boxing Day yeah. um, and he's, he's done fantastic so yeah I think it's it's one of those isn't it like you look at the likes of Burnley, they always bring in like an experienced head into that squad and it, it just fits the mould and they it's the type of characters, isn't it, that you bring in and I think Ashley Young's that type of character that you would bring in who knows the league, he could help you in a relegation battle. Yes, he hasn't done it with his time at Manchester United or Aston Villa, um, but there's enough about him and he's, he's done enough in his career to know how to help Watford out of that situation and push him up the table. Yeah, he's got a winner's mentality as well. You know, look at the titles he's won. He's just won a title over in Italy, won titles with Manchester United as well, won cups with Man U. So, absolutely, yeah. You, you two have alluded to it. We have also the, the annual Udinese link has popped up again. So, um, Fernando Lorente and Stryger Larson. Now, Larson has played as a fullback um, and he's played 29 times for Udinese this season, uh, scoring twice, whereas Lorente has played 15 times and scored once. Uh, and for those that are thinking, I oh, know that name, he used to play for Swansea and Spurs as well. 
uh, and they're from reports in Italy. I mean, it wouldn't be a transfer window without an Udinese signing link. Um, so uh, who, who knows if there's any truth to that one. Uh, as we've mentioned, congratulations to Tom Cleverley and Georgia Cleverley and Andre Gray and Leanne for their expecting a baby. And then just before we go on to uh, the, the questions that you guys have sent in, Tuesday, the 11th of May, Watford will be hosting their end of season ceremony um, at 7 pm on the club YouTube channel. It's going to be hosted by Emma Saunders and she'll be joined by uh, several first team members of the squad, uh, as well as Tommy Mooney and Andy Collins as well. Um, just on a side note to that, that, it's been absolutely incredible this season. Um, the, the coverage that has been made available to us, you know. Um, you look at the other championship teams and it's just a stream and you get the local radio's commentary uh, and, you know, to, to, to be given what we've been given is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, also a uh, bit of transfer news as well, which I've just remembered about. Uh, apparently we've been in contact with Columbia striker Bora. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. He's at River Plate at the moment. He's out of contract and could fit in well uh, within the squad and the budget. And that's via Alan Nixon. I think he scored 12 goals for River Plate this season uh, and he's only just sort of come into form. So it'll be interesting to see what um, what what surfaces from that. Um, we usually do go to an ad break, but we're, uh, we're not doing on this time round. Uh, there is going to be a new advert next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, probably just let that cat out the bag as well that we're going to be doing a podcast next week. So, oopsie. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're going to dive straight into the questions. We we uh, we had some questions last last week which we weren't able to answer unfortunately. But uh, we're we're going to hopefully answer some of those now. Um, we'll start with we'll start with a Watford one. We'll start with a serious one. And Ben, I'll, I'll come to you first on this. John Parslow has said, if Tammy Abraham is available for 35 million, do we offload Graham's success, even for a combined 5 million, and go balls out to get him, or get him on loan with an option to buy? We have Saar as a future sale, 2022, as collateral to fund this. So, Tammy Abraham, is he someone you'd go for? I mean, personally, I'll just say now, his price tag would put me off. But do you, is he something you'd go with, Tammy Abraham? I will I wouldn't worry about the price tag, mate. We spent X amount on um, Ismail Assar, haven't we? Um, yeah. And he's, he's a young English striker, so it's going to be a lot of money um, expected to pay for him. But yeah, I, I really like him. He, he did fantastic for Aston Villa in the Championship. Um, he's done well in the, the Premier League with Chelsea. Um, his first season back at Chelsea, fantastic. Couldn't stop scoring, could he? I think he even got an England squad off the back of that as well. So... <sighs> I, I would love him to come to Watford. I'd love us to sign him. Is it realistic? Probably not. I think there's better options for him. Um, I think he could probably go to like a Villa or someone like that. I, I think that would be more of a priority for him over Watford, who just came up from the championship. Big big risk, isn't it? You know, uh, hopefully we don't. But if if he joined us and then we went straight back down, he'd be in the shit a bit, wouldn't he? James, yeah, he's, he's a five year contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do like to tie those youngsters down to a five year contract. So, uh, James, is he someone you'd, you'd you'd be happy to get in, or do you agree? Oh with yeah, him? I mean, I mean, of course, of course, I'd want him, but I just can't see us um, splashing that much money on one position straight straight away just after we've gone up. You got to remember when we brought Sar in, we'd already been in the Premier League for for what five years, so. so 
we'd built up them them cash reserves to, to bring SAR in and then negotiations even for SAR went on for went on for weeks I remember so so yeah that was that's a difficult deal to get over the line um you know of course of course I'd want Tammy Abraham I think he'd guarantee you probably at least 15 um Premier League goals a season but it, it looks unlikely especially with all these free transfers and, and loans we've, we've been linked to lately so of course I'd want him is it realistic probably not yeah, well, we'll stick with you because uh, Ben's just had to nip off to do something. But um, that that question from John Parslow has actually struck a little bit of a debate within the comments. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. saying, uh, Jimbo Jaggins saying he wouldn't come to us. Um, WFCJB has said he's too big for us, in my opinion. Loan, please. Stuart Scullion, I'd prefer Ivan Tony for 40 million, but I agree about getting rid of Graham's success. That's even more unrealistic. I know, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't get me started on those links. Um, there, there'll be much more higher suitors for, for Ivan Tony oh, yeah, next season definitely. if they don't go up. Uh, and then um, a dog called Storm. That's the Twitter handle. That's not me just saying. Uh, he said, sell whatever we have and buy him in terms of Abram. So that's uh, that's quite a statement there, isn't it? Um, we have had one here saying from George White, who's another regular listener, how many of the starting 11 from the Swansea game? Now, I, I thought this is a bit of a tough question because we, we did make six changes, but maybe he's trying to sort of find out who of the reserves will keep? How many of the starting eleven from the Swansea game will be at the club come the start of next season, James? Okay, so I've just brought the starting eleven back up in front of me, so, so we'll go through it one by one. Yeah, so man. Ben Foster, one year left in his contract. I think he'll see that out with us, and I think he'll probably play play the role of backup keeper, yeah. doing his cycling GK vlog. So I think Ben Foster will stay. Um, Mark Navarro, I don't think will stay. I, I think I think he'll leave, especially with with obviously Kiko and, and Jeremy and Gaki being here as well. Um, Cabasele and Kafkar, I think they'll both stay. Ashraf Lazar, you mentioned earlier, Mike from from the Athletic. They they confirmed, didn't they, that it looked like he wouldn't be given a contract this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like Lazar will be leaving anyway. Um, Carlos Sanchez. I would like to see stay for another year. I was very, very critical about him when he first came in. Um, again, for me, it's, it was just an age issue. But actually seeing him play, um, I, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. So I'd like to see Carlos Sanchez play. Dan Goslin and Philip Zincar, well, of course, they'll stay. And then you get to Isaac Success and Andre Gray, where I think Andre Gray will stay. Isaac Success... Possibly not. I think a loan would, would, would benefit him definitely, maybe to another championship club. Yeah. Um, and, and Andre Gray, as mentioned, I think should stay. And Ken Semmer, of course, will probably be um, one of our starting players next season. So, so for me, I mean, there's quite a few there who would, who would like to see stay, actually. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I, there's not any on that. I'd probably disagree with Carlos Sanchez. Um, yes, you know, there were a lot of critical people and he's proved a lot of people wrong, which, again, we're all happy about. Uh, he's got experience in the division. You know, he's played there for West Ham. He's played for Aston Villa as well. Uh, so, you know, he's got experience. Uh, Dan, Dan Gosling as well. I don't know if you mentioned him, but, again, experience mm. in the Premier League. Um, well, crucial so, goals as well this season. You know, especially that goal against Norwich, Mike. I thought, I thought that was a really yeah. crucial goal for, you know, in terms of that promotion race as well. Yeah, well, I mean, even um, one of his goals against Rotherham as well. You know, he, we could have we could have made that very very difficult for ourselves because don't forget as well. Yes, we won four one. I think it was in the end. They had a mm. penalty saved, 
And, you know, if, if he doesn't score straight after, because they scored and then we went up the other end and scored straight away. If that doesn't happen, then, you know, you just never know. So we'll look back on some of these goals and be like, that was key, that was key, that was crucial. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's many from that starting eleven other than the obvious ones, Lazar, as you say. Uh, Navarro definitely won't be. Um, the only one I'd say 50-50 on is Isaac's success. He's 25 now. Yes, he's still young. I mean, I'm 25. So, listen, I'm, I'm all for it being young at 25. Not a problem. But um, is he, if we're loaning him out at 25 to another championship side, is he going to have much of a career with us left? It remains to be seen. Uh, so, I don't know. That's the only one I don't know about. Andre Gray, I think, will stay. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we do with him next season, actually, because mm. uh, I do think we need to get a striker in. Um this one also can sort of relate to you, James, because obviously you do the wonderful work that you do at the Watford Way. Uh, Caroline's asked one of the questions and she said, WDAT have had some fantastic interviews with current players this year and Voices of the Vic have done similar with past legends. My question is, if you could interview any Watford player, past or present, who would it be and why? And what would be the first question you would ask? Now, that is a tough question. I'll, I'll throw you under the bus and let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the well, host. Thank you for your do that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your question, Caroline. As Mike said, it's very, very tough. Um, for me, so my favourite ever Watford player is Odion Agarlo. He's kind of the, the first player, really, that I properly fell in love with. Yeah. The goals he scored, you know, I loved his celebration. That, that was so iconic. He, he pointed things up to the sky. I loved yes. it. So he's the person I would interview. What would I ask him? What did I ask him? What did he have for breakfast? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a tough one to to open. I, I probably asked him. I probably asked him the meaning behind his celebration and and what he's thinking at that time because you know you, you, you tend to find with footballers and the celebrations that they can have deeper meanings. So so I'd probably ask him something to do with that. Um, but I think Odi Nagalo's you know is, is a great guy. I'd love to see him come back. Obviously, that's the most unrealistic thing that would ever happen. Um, well, but he's in Saudi Arabia. At the moment, I was going to anyway. say so to me, he must be earning yeah, yeah. some big books over there as well. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I would. Uh, it, it's a tough one. I mean, one of my favourite players growing up. Obviously, my, I, I will have seen a few more seasons to yourself because of the age difference. But I really, really. Like, liked Alex Chamberlain. Uh, he mm. didn't play much when I when I first started going. He was he was the goalkeeper, uh, I think, because I was only six years old. Um, the promotion season in 0506, I seem to remember. Obviously, Ben Foster was a keeper all season, but I seem to remember going to Wellham Road once um, for for the game against Leeds, and they, I think, he Ben Foster got sent off. So Alec Chamberlain had to go in goal and um, he made a handful of appearances. I think he played against Brighton as well when Chris Eagle scored from the halfway line at the Withdean Stadium. But I would say Alec Chamberlain uh, for me. And in terms of the first question, um, I, I don't know whether I'd want to be humorous with it or I'd want to be quite <laughs> deep and meaningful with it. It's a really tough one. Uh, I would probably ask him, his favourite Watford memory, although I think I know what that would be. That's definitely that. Oh, that, I think that's a bit of a cheaty answer, Mike. Well, it's not cheaty. I'd say it's, it's, an, it's an easy one as, a, as, a, as an interviewer. Safe ben, question. Ben's joined back at the right time, ladies and gents, for those that are listening uh, audio and not visual. Uh, ben, 
one of the questions we've had is, uh, I'll read the, the, the question out in full from Caroline. She said, uh, WD18 have done some fantastic interviews with current players this year and Voices of the Week have done similar with past legends. My question is, if you could interview any Watford player, past or present, who would it be and why? And what would your first question be? Now, mine was Alex Chamberlain, as you've just heard. James's was Adi Onigala. Oh, that's a good one, James. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tough one, any? One of my favourite Watford players in the last 10 years has been Fernando Forestieri. Um, <laughs> I love him. He's a little magician. So I would want to ask him what it was like growing up on, like, the, the streets of Argentina playing football in the streets and wanted to try and understand what the culture would be over in Argentina because watching him play like at times it was like he was our very own Messi wasn't he um, yeah. and I think that's where he got his name from Fessy um, when you put them together so I, I'd want to know about his backstory in Argentina and I was a bit gutted when we was linked with him last summer. He was actually training at Watford at London Colney. I was ready to get him on the back of my shirt. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, and then he ended up getting a switch over to Indonesia. So I hope he possibly comes back one day because he is one of my favourites, um, Pozzo signings and Watford players in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Might have a problem with the language barrier because I don't think he speaks very good English for more. He speaks a better English now because he had to, he had spell over at Sheffield Wednesday, didn't he? Um, two three years after Russia, his English has actually got better. I've heard him do a few interviews. It, it's not great, but um, look, I'll have an interpreter. Um, I'll I'll listen to him. <laughs> Um, One thing about uh, Fessy is uh, when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, he wore Watford shin pads still. So I really do love that guy. Um, Yeah, 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 I do love that. Uh, Kiko's is the best. It's a picture of guards with him playing for Alaves. So guards is is behind him. Because he's quite religious. The Spanish are quite religious. I didn't know God played for Alaves. No, no. <laughs> um, so there's a picture of God, and then there's a picture of Kiko on the shin pad as well, playing for Alaves. Uh, so that they're, they're quite cool. Um, one of the questions from James Hurst, another regular listener. Are Jaffa cakes a cake or a biscuit? And what place does Zinconaga hold in the squad next season? James, let's start with you. I... Uh, in fact, I'll go first, sorry. Jaffa cakes are a cake, not a biscuit, because it's got, like, jelly inside it or whatever it is. Um, sponge. Sponge, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then Zinconagel, I think next season, he will flourish in a, t- in, 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 a, in a pace like the Premier League, more time on the ball and everything like that. I think he'll flourish next season. He, he, will, be, he will get the most assists next season for us. Uh, mark my words, 9th of May... Seven minutes past eight, you heard it here first. James? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with the Jaffa Cakes, Mike. Okay, yeah. so in my in my house, the Jaffa Cakes go in the biscuit cupboard. So for me, Jaffa Cakes are a biscuit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Philip Zinknagel, next season, unfortunately for him, I think he will only be a bit part player, not due really? to his quality or anything. I just think that seeing Zisco... Um, persist with the midfield he's persisted with towards the end of the season Dan Gosling cleverly Chandler Hughes them four have definitely been the more consistent ones out of the out of the five of them I just can't see him potentially starting week in week out unfortunately but I think he'll be one of them players who he can work himself into the team so, so I think he could get to that stage but I think to start with he'll, he'll be a bench player bring on um, you know to potentially make an impact it's very interesting Ben 
uh, Jaffa Cakes a cake. It's in its name, uh, Jaffa Cake. It's not Jaffa Biscuit, is it? Um, <laughs> to be honest. Um, we I, cut I, to I the chase on this cake. podcast. Bang on, Maddie. <laughs> Bang on. Uh, to tell you what, I reckon I could eat a whole pack of Jaffa Cakes in about five minutes. Yeah. Even less, maybe. I absolutely love them. Demolish them. How, do you eat yours weirdly? I know I do. Yeah, I know uh, what nip, you're going to say. I do exactly around the same. edges. Yeah. And then the top. You take off the top bit. Yeah. <laughs> what? So then you've got the sponge taken away from the actual... And the, you eat the sponge, and then the last bit, you have the orange. I do it in one. It goes in one. It's like with... It, James, do you do the whole moon, half moon total eclipse? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't even do that. I literally eat it in one. Nah, yeah, come on, mate. I, it's like with the Oreos. You have to dismantle it, eat it that way, and then do that. I bet, you're, I bet you're this type of guy, Jones. You know Kit Kat bars are four individual bars. Yeah. You don't break them off individually. You bite through the whole fucking thing, don't you? Uh, <laughs> potentially, potentially. We'll, leave, no. we'll discuss that another day. Yeah, yeah, we will. Ben, uh, Zinkenagel, next season, what what, what are you saying, brother? I must, I must say, I feel like he's getting a lot of criticism the last few weeks as well, because um, his performances haven't been as great. And you've got to think, he's playing out of position for a Watford team um, in centre midfield. He's not a centre midfielder, he's a winger um, or a number 10. Um, he's, and because of our injuries in midfield with Chalobah, um, Cleverly, uh, he's, he's had to play in the middle. He, yes, he played there for a few games when he first signed and he did all right, um, like Rotherham away, r- really good performance. But I feel like it's catching up with him a little bit now. I want to see him flourish over for on the right. Um, for next season, I, I agree with James. I think he's going to be a bit of a bit part player, but I do think, I agree with you as well, Mike, where I do think he could get a lot of assists for him um, and I think the Premier League would probably suit him a bit better as well because we saw how well his debut was at Old Trafford as well against Premier League players it was outstanding for a man who he, he signed about three four days before only had one or two training sessions turned up to Old Trafford and a Man United fan as well isn't he uh, yeah. and he and he put on that performance as well and he was like we've got some player on our hands here and it was phenomenal so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Prem I just hope he sees more game time and he's actually played in his right position yeah definitely I I think that is pivotal and it's going to be interesting to see what formation we go with next season as well but um, yeah I just think yeah (laughs) I just think considering we spent so much on him and you know the hype surrounding him it'd be a bit a bit, a bit of a anti-climax if he never really played or was a bit part player next season. I, you know, hopefully we're all, you know, hopefully he does get games and those assists uh, keep racking up. Um, last two questions for this week. And then there is two, um, there is one more I want to, sorry, there is two more I want to ask from last week as well. So the final two for this week, uh, we've already answered one of them, but I'm going to shout her out anyway because she's asked the question. Uh, Sonia Wright asked us our thoughts on signing Ashley Young. So we've, we've, we've done a nice little segment for you on that, Sonia. Uh, and then we've also had <laughs> a question Um to say, have you ever been on a blind date? Uh, and if so, what was it like? Now, um, I won't go into dev, but there's been a few dates I've been on where I wish I was blind. Uh, but that's that's <laughs> that's as I think that's as far as we'll take that one. That that's coming from Stuart 
Stuart Sp uh, Spurring, who's also um, <laughs> he's he's had some nice things to say about the podcast in the uh, in the last few weeks. So uh, and and also as well before we uh, before we get on to the last two questions, the um, messages that we've had from fans like thanking us for the uh, thanking us that's tickled you that has any been? Um, no, I'm still going. Yeah, yeah. Going. So. Um, yeah, the, the the feedback that we've got from 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 you guys like has been absolutely superb. Obviously, everyone thanking everyone for the content that's been put out. Considering we've not been able to be in, and there's there's so much fan content out there at the moment. So, uh, massive massive thank you to that. And then the other two questions I wanted to ask from the other week. Uh, I'm going to give a generic answer to this one because I don't want to single anyone out. Uh, Elliot Murray actually said, favourite member of WD18. I think he asked that because Jacobs was meant to be on. I'll just go down the middle and say everyone. Uh, and that way there's no no problems there. And then we'll we'll end it on a... Uh, we'll end it on a... I can't believe you've done that, Mike. You've bottled that. No, mate. It's, you keep everyone... Elliot went out his way to ask the question and you just going straight down the middle... James, I'll tell you we what, want though, an answer, don't we? <laughs> I tell you what, though, Elliot is probably one of the most well-spoken, polite-mannered person I've ever heard in my life. Got to agree with that. Got to agree. With yeah, that. he's just—that's not to say the others aren't, but that <laughs> it's just the way he comes across. He's like the most polite bloke. He's ever, digging like. himself into a hole now, Ben, isn't he? he is, no, yeah. no, I'm just. I, I, yeah, yeah, he's just... You just offended the other three members. <laughs> no, nah, they're, they're all good guys within their own right. And you've offended them by saying other three members. There's four, isn't there? Uh, other four <laughs> members. There's Jacob, Sam, Elliot, and... Um... Oh, yeah, they're so insane. Anyway. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, last question from uh, another regular listener, Chris. He said... Since moving from Buckinghamshire to Lincolnshire, I've encountered curry sauce and gravy on chips. What do you prefer on yours? Curry sauce on chips all day, every week, twice on a Sunday. Ben, you, you're shaking your head. You can, you're no. gravy, man. Gravy all day long, mate. Oh, I'm was, I think I was about 18. I went on holiday to Turkey. And it's all, all they put on the chips over there. And it's because of all the northerners that you get coming over from England. They just request it. They're like gravy <laughs> and chips, gravy and chips. And then... Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I think we've done a couple of away games before. I think I went to we Trafford or something on a Tuesday night or something, and I managed to get gravy and chips on the inside, yeah. outside, and I took it in the ground, and we all, all had it. And yeah, love gravy and chips, man, all day long. I could I could have that for dinner every night. They're probably expecting that answer from me because the gravy and chips is you certainly something you you associate with northern people. James, have you got a preference? Curry sauce? Yes. Yeah, sorry to um, disappoint you, Mike, but it's gravy for me, unfortunately, mate. I'm a fake northerner by the looks of it. That's uh, that's poor from me, but no, no, I just curry sauce is is different. It's got I've not had dinner yet, by the way. It's got me wanting to go down to the chipping. Not that it'll be open because it's Sunday evening, but um, yeah, that's the 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 podcast like it does most times has left me very very hungry. Um, so yeah, those are the questions. Thanks so much for getting those questions in. Sorry it took so long to to get answered, and to be honest, we haven't even answered all of them. We'd love to answer them all, but. Um, this is the final podcast of us talking about a game. Uh, so in terms of that, um, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, you may have seen on YouTube, we're obviously doing the whole visual thing today. Uh, we're going to be doing that hopefully more often for next season when we're back in the Premier League. Um, anyone that's listened, like, 
almost sounds like this part's pre-recorded because I say it so much, but genuinely, the, the the figures that we're pulling out at the moment, and that's not me trying to blow smoke up our asses or anything, but the figures that we're pulling out at the moment, we, me and Ben sort of sit there and we're like, what? Like, how many people have listened to that? So um, we we, we want to thank every single one of the listeners. And like I said, because it was the end of the season, uh, notice, you know, we put a few thank you messages out. I noticed a lot of other Watford fans did as well. And it was great to see how many people actually, we are part of their routine, whether it's walking a dog, going for a bike ride. Ben, we often joke, we often talk about that time that bloke was listening to us cooking his Christmas dinner. Like, that's absolutely crazy. Um, mental, it, it? it is mental, but like the support has been absolutely phenomenal. It's the first full season that we've done the podcast. Like, We've not hit a year yet. That's next month from the 13th. So we'll try and do something special for that. Um, we have got a couple of other things that we are going to be doing over the next couple of weeks that will be released in due course and we'll tweet about it and everything. Uh, we are going to be doing a bit of a, a an end of season sort of review, aren't we, Ben? We, are, we, we can talk about that, can't we? Yeah, yeah. What we're going to do is it's quite similar to what we did in the Christmas special. So we, we're going to do our own uh, awards. I know Watford are doing their awards Tuesday night. I know WDE 18 are doing their awards tonight. I think Jacob yeah, right now. asked me earlier saying he was recording it now. So yeah, Voices of the Vic are going to do their own as well. Um, so we'll be doing that. We'll get some fans maybe to send in, um, get you involved, um, send like two minutes clip in of who you thought the player of your season was, who was your goal of the season, young player of the season. We'll, we'll put in some funny categories as well. Mike's funniest saying or something. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do something fun. Um, There's plenty of them talk- then, mate. <laughs> we, we we could do a whole series, couldn't we, James? Um, but yeah, and, and we'll probably get James back on as well, our third member, our third will. Uh, it's been great to have him on this season. I must say, we're saying thank you for all the support that we've had this season, but thank you for all the guests that's came on as well. We've had all the WDE 18 boys. James has came on probably double figures now. Um, he's came on, he's been mm-hmm. fantastic and just fitted in like he's known us for years. And re- really, I, I didn't know who. James Batchelor was a year ago. I knew about uh, uh, Watford Way, but I didn't know who James was. And James is a fantastic little uh, gentleman. Um, Where's Guy Liner now and again? I heard earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should have yeah. well, yeah. so better get it ready. We're on camera tonight. So yeah, um, fantastic having all these guests on as well. To be in a position to get guests on, and yeah, I, um, me and Mike might have a guest lined up. We're recording midweek. We won't say who it is. But we do have a guest that we're actually interviewing um, Thursday, isn't it, Mike? Thursday morning, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really buzzing for that one. Um, as, as we you say, we're not saying anything mate. yet. <laughs> I know, yeah, I need to pull my finger out my ass. Um, yeah, I, I won't let the cat out of the bag out on that one yet. We'll, we'll tweet closer to the time as close as we can. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I echo everything that Ben said. Um, massive thanks to, to you, James, obviously for coming on. You know, we've we've Thank we've you. not even met you. So you know, obviously when next season, when hopefully the grounds are back, you know, we'll have to meet up and everything. And um, massive thanks to WD18 guys, as Ben said, 100% record they had all four that come on to discuss four wins. Um, fanzine, the Golden Fanzine, Tom from the Golden Fanzine Fantastic. as well. Absolutely brilliant guy. Uh, Ryan Gray from the Watford Observer. James, uh, James, sorry, Josh Wilkins, who runs the uh, WFC Snapshots account as well. Uh, like Joe everyone, Wilmot. 
Joe Wilmot as well, yeah. Um, ben absolutely, brother. absolutely superb. Like we, we we cannot thank them enough. Uh, one mention I did want to say just before we ended as well, um, because I forgot to tweet this. Um, and this will get some this will divide the room because they get a lot of stick on Twitter. Uh, massive thanks to the second tier podcast as well. Uh, because they um you know, to, to be involved with them when they really are sort of quite a few podcasts to pick from and they could have very easily gone elsewhere and everything to include us and, and like they have done. So uh, big thanks for, for those guys as well. And uh, like I said to Ryan, who hosted it the last time, I says, hopefully I won't have to speak to you for some time in the nicest way possible. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's been an absolute whirlwind. Like I say, you know, um, me and Ben have got a couple of things uh, lined up in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, I think I'll speak on behalf of Ben as well. We, we're looking forward to a, a nice break. Um, you know, you guys have put up with my whining, brummy accent for, uh, for, for for the whole season. So I'm looking forward to a nice little break, recharge the batteries, and then we'll be back. Um, we'll be back after a couple of weeks' time. And um, we'll be talking about the Premier League. The fixtures are out on the... 16th of June, I believe it is. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, we cannot thank you enough. Honestly, like, from the bottom of our hearts, we're absolutely appreciative of it all. Um, hope you have a very, very good week. Stay safe. The the end line in terms of coronavirus is almost, almost there. Uh, stay safe. Keep close to your loved ones as well. And uh, come on, you ones. Next time, we will be reviewing a match. It will be Premier League time, baby. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Podcast Network.